Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap on a Wednesday evening. I'm Brad Brown and uh, with you till 7 o'clock tonight. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again tomorrow. Well, we start with uh, the big news of the day. Supersport United have confirmed that they've parted ways with coach Gordon Iggerson and have hired Stuart Baxter as his replacement with immediate effect. The parties agreed to an early termination after Matsutsansa advised Iggerson that his contract, which expires at the end of the season, would not be renewed. Baxter will be taking up his coaching duties as soon as his work permit has been finalised. United's Dean Furman says uh, the move has come as a bit of a surprise. It's strange how things go in waves. That's uh, not the correct sound clip. We'll get to that a little bit later on. United, who are currently 10th on the table, take on Free State Stars at the Lucas Moripe Stadium. In transfer news, Mamelodi Sundowns defender Mario Boysen set uh, to join Matsutansa on loan until the end of the season. Ajax Cape Town midfielder Granwell Scott has uh, completed his move to Slovakia and slide uh, Slovan Bratislava. In the Capital One Cup tonight, Man City face Everton in the second leg of their semi-final. City needs to overcome a 2-1 first leg deficit Deficit if they had to play Liverpool in the final after the Reds beat Stoke on penalties last night. Kick-off 9.40 this evening. Semi-finals for the 2016 Australian Open have been decided. We'll chat to Chris Bowers a little bit later on in the show tonight. South Africa began the defence of their Under-19 Cricket World Cup title today with a 43-round loss to host Bangladesh. That after they were bowled out for just 197. Opening batter Liam Smith led from the front, but uh, well-played 100 was not good enough to reach the total of 241 that was set by the host. Coach Lawrence Maithlane shared his thoughts on where it went wrong with bat and ball. I, I still think we gave them 20 too many, uh, given our bowling attack. And... Um, yeah, I thought there were a couple of little errors that we could have taken care of and we could have put them under a bit more pressure. But uh, overall, we're happy to chase 240. Unfortunately, from a batting front, when you lose four of your top five to single fingers, you're always going to find yourself under pressure. Smith held the innings together for South Africa with the second highest score of the innings, just 22. The coach was impressed with the composure the youngster showed. I thought Liam played very well and uh, unfortunately for, for him is that he really couldn't accelerate early on in the innings because every time a partnership was starting, uh, he had to rebuild. So, yeah, not, not an easy day at the office, but uh, I'm confident we can bounce back. And bounce back they must. They play Namibia on Sunday in their second match. In the Group C clash that took place today, England taking on Fiji. England hammered the South Sea Islanders by 299 runs. They were chasing 372 for victory, and Fiji were dismissed for just 72. Internationally, David Warren has been named Australia's Test Player of the Year. And on to rugby now. SA Lock Franco Fanamadva signed a one-year contract extension with Irish club Ulster. While there's been some bad news for the Bulls, their flanker Dion Stechmann will undergo ankle surgery and he faces up to nine weeks on the sidelines. Finally, European golf to a new South Africa's Louis Wistesen and Spain's Pablo Rathabal share a one-stroke lead. They're both on seven under following first round of the Qatar Masters. Nicholas Colsarts, Andrew Johnston and Bjorn Ackerson are tied for third, one stroke further back. We'll chat to Nick Dye later on in the show as well from Qatar to find out exactly what progressed there. But uh, up next, we'll find out exactly what happened at Supersport United today. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. 
You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. And uh, the big story coming out of South African football circles today is uh, the movement by Supersport United. Uh, getting rid of Gordon Niggerson. His contract was due for renewal at the end of the season. They decided not to renew it. And uh, the parties have come to an agreement uh, between themselves to uh, release Gordon Niggerson with immediate effects. And uh, the big news is uh, that his position will be filled by former Kaiser Chiefs coach Stuart Baxter. We joined now by media officer for Supersport United, Kuketso Khaufet Khoi. Kuketso, welcome on to SAFM Sports Show. Thanks for, for your time t- tonight. It's uh, been a busy day for, for the club. Uh, big, big, uh, big move that. Yeah, it's been a very busy day. I mean, uh, it was something that, uh, you know, that the technical team and the CEO and the board decided on in the last minute following our results against uh, Mamelodi Sundowns. Everybody knows the ones, the results weren't coming to Supersport United and it didn't have to be made, unfortunately. Okay, so you, you talk about those results. I mean, Supersport currently sitting 10th on the log. Uh, it's not a place you want to be. I mean, uh, I'm sure when, when Gordon Niggerson was hired, uh, the, the board and, and, and the rest of, of the management staff were, were hopeful that you'd be challenging for a title this season, but uh, that hasn't come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, expectations were high, as you know, uh, we brought in uh, quite a few experienced players, the likes of Dean Furman, Michael Boxel, uh, Isaka Sernak, to help boost the, our chances of uh, hopefully winning the league title. And as you know, Gordon had a very good start winning the Telkom knockout. So a lot of what was expected at the start of the season. But, you know, towards the end of uh, last year, we saw, you know, results were not coming. And uh, also at the start of this year. And the decision had to be made, unfortunately, you know, to part ways our uh, and give uh, Stuart Baxter ample of time to work with the team heading towards the end of the season. Could you say it was quite a sudden decision? Do you, does the club not feel it might be a bit knee-jerk? Uh, I mean, you, you won silverware already this yeah. season. It's, it's, it's still early days. Yes, it's a, uh, 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 sitting a tenth to win the title from here is a, is a bit of a stretch, but Gordon Ingerson has proved himself as a coach domestically and with, with the national team. That, as they say, form is temporary, class is permanent. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Supersport United is a football club that is associated with always challenging for league honours and cup competition. And at the start of this season, we're eliminated in the NTN8, eliminated in the Telcom knockout, and at the moment, we're not standing a chance in terms of lifting the league championship. And the decision has to be made. And, uh, you know, as I've mentioned, you know, Supersport United has been a football club since the exception of the Premier Soccer League has always made a top eight finish. And the teams that are above us and some of the teams that were below us at the end of the, the year have started winning games and we're falling uh, behind in terms of the league points. So this didn't have to be made and it was decided to bring Stuart Baxter, a man with a lot of experience, a man who's already proven himself in the entrepreneurship and in domestic football. Hopefully he will uh, rekindle that glory for Sports United. Yeah, I wanted to to talk about Stuart. Obviously, he's he has proved himself domestically. If you think what he did with with Kaiser Chiefs, particularly uh, last season, the, the run that they had that practically set up their their league victory, uh, he he had a, a good few seasons with with Amakosi. Are you hoping he can replicate that form with Matatanta? Yeah, we're very much confident. I mean, uh, Stuart Baxter has already outlined his plans for the club. And he's very familiar with a lot of our players having spent two seasons in South African football. 
So a lot is expected from him, and we're very much confident he's got the full backing of the club uh, to succeed. Uh, we already have the personnel in terms of the players and uh, the technical team that he needs to help him achieve that goal of lifting a trophy for Super Sports United, hopefully in the near future. I was uh, reading reports today as well. Obviously, his work permit's not in place just yet. Uh, yeah. There is a game this weekend uh, that you're involved in. What's going to happen from a coaching perspective until that work permit is in place? Uh, until Stuart Baxter comes in, we've got uh, assistant coach uh, Kaitana Chamber, former player for Super Sports United, and we've also roped in our technical director for the academy, Juanelo Copo. Uh, that was already worked with the first team with Gander Kevin Johnson as assistant coach. So we've got the two of them assisting uh, us for our game on, over the weekend against Free State Stars. It's a home match for us against a very strong Free State Stars that has already started uh, collecting points in the league. So hopefully uh, by next week, Stuart Baxter should be in the country and ready to get going. Have the players reacted to it? Uh, I, I heard Dean Furman a little bit earlier today. It came as a bit of a shock to him. He had a great relationship with Gordon Nixon. Are they, they excited to be working with, with Stuart Baxter? You know, the players, you know, are obviously never happy to see a coach leave a football club. Nobody is. I mean, as you mentioned before, uh, Gordon Nixon has got a lot of experience in the Premier Soccer League and has proven his worth at national level and in the uh, with Super Sports United. But, you know, um, it doesn't have to be made. And the players this morning, you could see some of them were not happy, the likes of Dean Furman, the likes of uh, Tuso Pala, who have worked with uh, uh, Gordon Nixon at the national team. But these are football players. Uh, they very much used to these kind of situation and they're professionals and they have to move on. And they're looking forward to having uh, uh, coach like Stuart Baxter at the helm, who's uh, hopefully going to lead us in the right direction. Okay, so could you share with us uh, some of the terms of, of Stuart Baxter's uh, contract? How, how long is he is he signed for? How long will he be with Super Sports United if all goes according to plan? Uh, Stuart Baxter signed with us for two years and a half. Um, so we're going to be with him for the next coming two seasons and finishing off this uh, season of the 2015-2016 season. It's going to be very interesting to see how Matatanta does progress for the rest of the season. I'd love to hear from all the Super Sports United fans tonight. Let us know your thoughts. New coach, 34701. Those SMSs charge at one round. And I'd also love to hear from all the Kaiser Chiefs fans. Obviously, Stuart Baxter, very successful with Amakorsi. What are your thoughts, Super Sports United, uh, picking up uh, your old coach? Get those SMSs in. Okay, so thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Trap. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Okay. Ah, they're taking the decision upstairs, John. This is going to be a close call. The home side with everything to play for here. Have they done enough? One decision can change it all. The right call can transform opportunity into measurable results. Make the right call for your business. Partner with the CASA today. You imagine a chartered accountant? We see a business decision maker equipped to inspire future business results. Find a responsible business leader at findacasa.co.za. Burgers College is promising thousands of grade 12 learners before you part with your hard-earned cash. But we, we must investigate. And he urges all South Africans to go check their status. Get the whole story from us, your reliable news source, SABC News. Don't forget to tune into the health update tomorrow at 5 past 11. Proudly brought to you by MediClinic, expertise you can trust. I'm John Carricker. Join me on SAFM Sports Special this weekend from 3 to 7 on Saturday for all the sports news you need to know. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game.
Well, it was another fascinating day's tennis action from the Australian Open in Melbourne Park today, and uh, it's definitely looking like it's going to be uh, an interesting conclusion, to say the least. We join now by Chris Bowers, who is in Melbourne. Chris, welcome back onto SAFM Sports Wrap, and uh, we chatted briefly about it yesterday, about who you thought would win those uh, those two quarterfinals in the men's draw today. Milos Raonic uh, ended up being too strong, but it did take four sets over Gael Monfils. Yeah, I thought it was a very good win for uh, Raonic because, you know, he had that really good win over Vavrinka uh, a couple of days ago, and it would have been so easy for him to have stumbled in the next match. But, you know, he was very, very focused, didn't let himself get knocked off course by the fact that uh, Monfils won the second set, and uh, Monfils had the chance to break back um, after Raonic broke it in the fourth. So I just got the sense that Raonic has got him his head in the right place. I spoke to him actually after the match and he seemed a very, very level-headed guy, which is how he struck me when I first met him five years ago. Um, but he obviously had a, a big learning curve in the meantime. And I think he's come back from his, uh, all his foot injury problems from last year, a much stronger player and, and probably a stronger individual. Well, that semi-final should be interesting because he's up against Andy Murray, who, who downed David Ferren. And Andy Murray's had a, a pretty rough fortnight. I mean, he's got lots of things happening off the court to take his mind off the tennis. Four sets he needed today. It wasn't uh, one-way traffic, but pretty comfortable in the end. Yeah, I mean, it was a slightly strange match against David Ferrer. Um, I thought Murray would win it comfortably after winning the first set, but he lost his way in the second. But he, he broke early in the third, then they closed the roof because there was a storm heading towards Melbourne. And, uh, you know, the rest of the match was played out under the closed roof. I thought Murray just about did as much as he needed to. I don't think it was the best display that he'd ever um, offered, but, um, you know, he beat the guy that was on the other side of the net today. I don't think that display would be good enough to beat Raonic on Friday. But, uh, you know, Murray may play in such a way that Raonic can't play the way he did today. Certainly, uh, uh, Raonic will find that Murray returns much better than Monfils did. Looking at the ladies' draw, I, I'm quite surprised by by the results. Even though she, she was seeded better, I didn't think Angelique Kerber uh, could beat Victoria Azarenka, but uh, she did straight sets in the end. Well, this is the shock that the number seven should beat the number 14 seed. Uh, I mean, it's a mathematical nonsense, but actually, uh, with Victoria Azarenka on the comeback trail after a pretty poor 2014, she's got herself back into the world's top 15 now. She looked in great form. She's twice the Australian Open champion. She's been world number one. And most of us thought that she was headed straight for the final. But, you know, Andrew Lickerber, she'd lost six times to... Um, Azarenka she'd worked out a game plan she knew she had to come at Azarenka Azarenka was a bit flat and Kerber got the results and you know this could be the kind of result that really launches Kerber's career it's her third Grand Slam semi-final but her first for a while and uh, you know I think her attitude in this has been pretty good but now she finds herself the favourite against uh, Johanna Conta, who is the most unlikely semi-finalist she's tipped to the start of the tournament. I was going to say, I mean, unseeded through to the semis, uh, and and Britain must be ecstatic. They've got a Brit in the semis. They've beaten South Africa in a test series in South Africa. Things are are looking swimmingly for for British sport. Well, it's a remarkable day for the British because Murray won to get to the yeah. men's semi-finals. Conta won to get to the women's semi-finals, and she's the first women's semi-finalist from Great Britain here since Sue Barker in 1977. Um, Jamie Murray, Andy's elder brother, is in the men's double semi-finals. And would you believe that a British player, well, a Scottish player, actually, uh, beat the world number one in wheelchair tennis to reach the wheelchair men's semi-finals? So it, it's sort of 
rather ridiculous, really. But hey, you know, as a, as a breath, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Let's talk about some of the things that, that are going on off the court as well. We spoke about it last week, the allegations of, of match fixing in tennis. And uh, when we spoke about it, a lot of the top players were saying, bring the evidence or, or keep quiet. But uh, it sounds like there is going to be an in, uh, a formal investigation into it now. Well, there was uh, an announcement today by the, the heads of all the uh, major tennis bodies involved saying that there will be an investigation to see whether the current process is satisfactory for weeding out any cheats, if there are any cheats, um, if there are any match-fixing um, allegations that are, you know, that have substance to them, are they being weeded out properly? I get the sense, Brad, that this is a slightly political gesture in the sense that they had to be seen to be doing something and to launch an investigation to see whether the existing process is fit for purpose is a sensible way of going about it. No one can really argue about this in the, in the sense that having a look to see if the current system is working is an eminently reasonable step. My own feeling about this is that, you know, yes, you do look for suspicious patterns of betting. You do look for suspicious results. But then there's a major step to actually link the two and suggest that there is a deliberate result as, you know, be, with, with a pair played to fix a match in order to satisfy betting patterns. It's finding that evidence that really is the, 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 the final step, which is so difficult. I know that in, inside the trading cases uh, in the World Stock Exchanges, they have looked at suspicious patterns and, and people's links to various syndicates as a way of indicating where guilt may be found, and in some cases it has been found, but uh, you've still got to base this on evidence that a player was actually paid to fix a match by people involved in the betting, and that's a big step, and my feeling is that this investigation you know, it might uncover one or two things about the way match fixing allegations are investigated, but I don't think it's going to change the overall picture, and yet, as I said, it's an eminently reasonable thing to do. Chris, it's an interesting one. Do you think it, it, it might not extend all the way to fixing a particular match, but possibly points? And, and I bring this up with what's happening in cricket when it comes to spot fixing, that as in cricket you, you could place a bet that the, the second ball in the third over would be a no ball. Maybe the same sort of thing could be happening in tennis, that uh, it could be a double fault in the, in the second service game for a particular player on the second point. I mean, obviously you'd get big odds on that happening, and uh, if the player's willing to go along, that could be a possibility. Yes, and that is possible because you could find that that's happening without it actually being match-fixing. I think the important thing is to look at a graph of players' earnings, not just in prize money, but also in endorsements. And you'll find that the incentives for players ranked in the top 80, top 100, if you think about the top 104 at any one time, get access to Grand Slam tournaments where you get about $20,000 for losing in the first round. You know, that's where the incentives financially to take money to throw a match are much, much um, less than the incentives to stay on the right side of the law. Yeah, it, it is sad that this has actually even been discussed, but uh, sadly it is a reality of, of uh, sports in, in the world at the moment. And obviously we're coming off a massive cricket uh, match-fixing scandal, but uh, we'll follow this one very closely. Chris Bauer, thank you very much for that. We look forward to catching up again, and uh, yeah, have a good one. No problem, thanks. SAFM Sports Wrap.
there is golf action taking place this weekend uh, as well on the European Tour, and it starts on a Wednesday. It's all taking place in Doha. In Qatar, it is the commercial bank Qatar Masters. Nick Dye is there, and there's a South African in contention following the opening round. Nick joins us now. Nick, uh, fantastic. 700 past 65 for Louis Oosthuizen today. Absolutely. There's more than one South African really contesting the top of the leaderboard, but Louis is streets ahead, if you like, because he's level with Pablo Larafable, both at seven under after a round of 65. Immaculate golf in windy conditions. And Louis was licking his lips prior to the tournament. He always knows that in Cato, you're out on the peninsula, the wind tends to blow. The forecast is not particularly good for the rest of the week, but he measured his shot near to perfection. For some reason, he always seems to start the year well. He's hard-pressed to say what that might be, that reason. But this round of 65 means he's level at the top and wants to clear of the field. Yeah, he's, he's tied with uh, with uh, Pablo Lestrable from, from Spain. There's a lot of good golfers in contention here as well. I'm just looking at who's lying tied for third. Just one back. Nicholas Colsarts is there. Uh, Gregory Bourdais who, who from France, who, who's won on the European Tour previously as well. So a lot of big names in the field this week. Absolutely. There's a fair bit of strength in depth. This tournament tends to pale a little bit because of Abu Dhabi last week having four of the top six in the world. But you still look outside of South Africa. You see Sergio Garcia is playing here for a first event of his season. So it always attracts some very big names. You've got George Katsia gradually building his form up after injury. So he's neatly in place on that board. Certainly Ernie Els has got a wonderful record here. By his own admission, the form has been lousy pretty much of late. But he's another one that flies in these kind of conditions. Former champion, so he's nicely placed at four under par. And Brandon Grace is alongside Sergio as the big draw for the tournament because he's defending the title. Got a bit of work, a bit of ground to make up, but not a bad start at two under. Yes, yeah, there's well someone else who's there on four under as well is uh, Trevor Immelman. He'll be he'll be pretty tough for that opening round. He's also just three back. Absolutely, given the trials and tribulations that he's had in recent times, and not so recent times, it's been quite some road to recovery for him, and more recent events have seen a, a series of missed cuts as well. This is a, a terrific knock from him, all smiles at the end of it. He feels that his game is close. It's not that far off from really clicking. Now, whether we see that across the course of the rest of the week, particularly if the winds do pick up that much more, but he's got Augusta on his mind as usual, and certainly he is hoping to really gear the form, gear the standards to that it's ready by the time that the Masters comes around. We'll have more from uh, the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters tomorrow, but uh, Nick Dye also caught up with Louis Oosthuizen and following that round, uh, he heads uh, into round two tomorrow with a one-stroke advantage, and this is what Louis had to say. You know, bogey-free is always, you take a lot out of it, um, so I think three of us were pulling each other the whole way we played really well and uh, hit some good shots and um, you know the, w- the wind was pretty similar the whole day uh, or the whole morning and uh, I think it's going to probably be the same this afternoon um, but uh, we'll, we'll see what it does tomorrow I think uh, expecting some horrible winds tomorrow I take it it's nothing like as strong as we feared it might be today but it's still challenging isn't it? Yeah it's, um, it's definitely still um, it's a lot of crosswind shots so a lot of winds where you're not sure if it's just cross or a little in or a little down. Um, so you need to 
have that wind uh, map um, out and, and handy. But uh, yeah, we hit, all three of us hit the ball really well today. Yeah, with your pedigree, you relish it, don't you? I like windy conditions. Um, you know, if it gets really strong, then it gets difficult. And um, I think patience is the big, big thing when it when it really blows hard. But um, today was just a good wind and um, a lot of uh, flighted shots, which uh, I like. Is there a particular reason why you always seem to start a new season so well? Um, I don't know. Um, the only thing I can think of is. Um, it's the only time I can have proper time away from golf, six to eight weeks, and um, not really touching a golf club, just um, having a good break and a good holiday, and it uh, looks like um, we need to do that more. So kind of just freshen up and get it out of the mind and not um, have that regular drill that you're always going through. Yeah, it's more, I think, uh, wanting to come back just to play. Um, and uh, be back on the golf course. I think uh, a lot of times you lose that by having too hectic schedule. Um, so yeah, the, the break over December was really nice. I heard you mention the word physio. So need some Is no, health no, an no, issue? Or? No, but a bit of uh, tender loving care. I think <laughs> TLC we call it. So no, no body feels great. Nick Pye catching up with Louis Wistazen after his opening round. Uh, seven under part, 65 at the Qatar Masters today. Another South African who is in contention heading into the second round is George Gutierrez. He's just two off the pace, five under uh, for him today. He shot a 67. Nick Dye caught up with him as well. Yeah, I've uh, always enjoyed the golf course. So it's, it's nice to come here after a long holiday and um, post a good number. It's, uh, hopefully it'll be a good week. You say you've always enjoyed this course. There's some tremendous results and chances, aren't there? Yeah. I mean, um, no, it's a good golf course. It suits my eye pretty nicely. It's just a question of if I show up or not. <laughs> Are you showing up? Are you feeling that your game is in good shape? Yeah, I feel like it's not far away. Um, maybe a couple of loose shots out there, but not really. I, I'm actually, I feel like I'm playing better than I did before my holiday, and uh, hopefully uh, the score will show come Sunday. That's a nice sign, isn't it? Is it what you expected after your holiday? <laughs> no, not at all. No, but I, I did make like little minor changes just before the, the ankle injury and um, played pretty well just before it happened. And uh, So I was kind of excited to, to get back out and try the new kind of swing thoughts and to see how they go, but uh, obviously working pretty nicely at the moment. Have you had to change anything as a result of breaking your ankle? Yeah... Um, Maybe my workout routine, <laughs> no, but um, just turn my foot out a little bit, which doesn't make too much technical, it's not too technical, it's just, I've, I've, I think I waited long enough for the foot to get healthy and uh, so that I didn't kind of compensate when I came to the golf course. Is it 100% or not quite yet? Yeah, it's probably 90%, I mean, uh, the pain's going to be there for the next couple of months, uh, the doctor told me that's the way it's going to be and uh, I'm happy with that as long as I know it's, uh, it's not um, causing more damage. As he told you, you've got to do certain things with the physio just to keep it subtle or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all up to me now. I mean, it's just a question of doing my homework, uh, getting to the gym, doing a lot of kind of one-legged work and uh, maybe brushing my teeth with my eyes closed on one leg in the mornings. But <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's not too complicated. It's just a question of getting it, getting it done. Surfing? Yeah, people will be happy to know my surfing is much better at the moment. <laughs> I had a good holiday surfing and uh, luckily came away with no, no, no mind. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. 
Well, we opened up the SMS lines a little bit earlier on to get your thoughts on the appointment of Stuart Baxter, Supersport United coach, and Gordon Iggesent uh, moving on. Well, Tluntler saying it was a great move for Supersport United. Tluntler, you're obviously not a Kaiser Chiefs fan because uh, I don't think uh, the move uh, will make many Kaiser Chiefs fans uh, happy. Thanks for, for that SMS. And uh, earlier on as well, I mentioned that uh, as far as the players go, Dean Furman saying it was a, a bit of a surprise uh, when they found out today that uh, Gordon Iggesen was being let go. It doesn't matter who, who the coach is. I think I have my own, uh, my own standards that personally I've, I've got to improve on. Um, I'm sure all the boys will have a little look at themselves and uh, it's something that as individuals and collectively we can all improve on. Definitely our, some of our performances quite simply haven't been good enough. So going forward now, we have a new coach going in. We know his track record. We know how well he did with Kaiser Chiefs and he's a top, top coach. So it's up for us as individuals to really go out there and impress him. Um, and uh, we have to hit the ground running because the games are running out and we want to move up the table as fast as possible. So we are looking forward to... Uh, to obviously some new ideas and a new way uh, of playing and uh, we'll definitely give the new coach our all. It's going to be interesting to see how that does progress. I'm sure we'll have more tomorrow evening on the PSL Radio Show. Second Charlie with Dwayne DeLocker. That's what's happening at 6.30. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. But uh, coming up tonight, it is the talk shop. That's all happening on the other side of your news. From myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty, thank you very much uh, for your time tonight. It is 7 o'clock and time for your news.